Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. So I've been living with type 1 diabetes for eight years, and of those eight years, I've been on an insulin pump for seven and a half. That means I've gone through 912 site changes, and that's not even counting my continuous glucose monitor. If you're living with diabetes, then you know that these diabetes devices are precious, and when we're just trying to do the things that we love, like being active, hanging out with our friends, traveling, we literally do not have time for our devices coming off and then dealing with insurance on top of that to deal with replacements. That is why I'm so happy that I found Syngrip, my favorite diabetes patch company, three years ago. Before finding them, my devices used to always knock off on doorways or sweat off after a workout. But since finding them, I can honestly say that I can go to the gym four days a week, sweat it up in hot yoga, go to the beach, and travel without having to worry about anything happening to my devices. As a type 1 diabetic who wants to make the most out of these experiences, I can't tell you how comforting it is to know that I have one less thing to worry about. Whether you're on an insulin pump or a continuous glucose monitor, you can try out SkinGrip at SkinGrip.com and save on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Keeping 100 Radio. If you are new here, welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you here in a space where we just have uncensored conversations around diabetes management and diabetes life in general. And if you are not new here, welcome back and thanks for coming back. I seriously appreciate every single stream, every single download, every single review of the podcast. It really, really makes my day and it just makes it all worth it because sometimes, I don't know, I'm literally sitting here on my bed recording this episode staring at my wall. So it's really nice to get feedback on how you're enjoying the podcast. So if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're new and you're just kind of listening for the first time, take a listen and let me know what you think either in my DMs or in a review. So last night, my fiance and I actually took time to watch the new movie on Netflix called Purple Hearts. And if you haven't heard of this movie yet, it's a actually a movie with the main character having type 1 diabetes, which that's kind of the main reason why I watched it. And I really did think that was cool. It's really cool representation. It was really cool to see a main character living with type 1 diabetes, like shamelessly. Like there was no hiding it. Like that was the purpose of her character. However, (laughs) I'm watching it and I'm kind of like, it was almost, you could tell that she didn't actually live with diabetes because in the movie, she is somebody who, she's like kind of like a rock star, she's a singer, and they they do show her taking insulin, they show her wearing an insulin pump and checking her blood sugar, but I'm kind of watching it in then the parts where she's like on stage rocking out and I'm like, how does she do that without her adrenaline like spiking super high? Like I'm like, my CGM would be going off the entire time. It was just kind of funny, like in those kind of smaller moments that, that they weren't showing her focusing around diabetes in my head as a person living with diabetes. I'm like, oh, that's a moment where diabetes would come up or that's a moment where I would need to check my blood sugar or take insulin before. So it just kind of, it's, it was kind of a, a funny thing. My fiance's watching and he's like, oh yeah, it's totally normal. And I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, 
there's so much in the background that we would naturally be thinking about that was just not represented in the movie. But all in all, it was a pretty good movie, a little cheesy, a little corny, but it was really cute and really cool overall to see another person living with diabetes and just a larger representation. I feel like we're finally getting to that point where diabetes is being represented in bigger capacities. And I'm just, I'm really excited to see it because when I was first diagnosed, I've said it multiple times on the podcast, but like the only person I had to look up to that had diabetes was Nick Jonas, which again, most unrelatable diabetic ever. Um, And then I found one random guy on Tumblr that I would follow. And um, that's actually why I got the Omnipod was that was influenced by him, but really had a little representation around type one diabetes. There wasn't many people displaying their pumps or just really, at least in my eyes, wasn't really talked about. So just another reason why I'm really excited to be on the podcast and talking about these conversations that at least come up in conversations that I'm having with other type 1 diabetics and I feel like are really important to be kind of discussed out loud in a in a bigger in a bigger capacity. So here we are. <laughs> in today's episode, I really want to chat through um, going through the trial and error process with diabetes. This is a conversation that I've been having a lot on an individual level, both um, you know in communities, kind of just in my own internal dialogue as well, because let's be real, we all kind of go through these little burnout periods. I had my endo the other day and you know, you know those feelings that <laughs> that burns up sometimes. Um, so I'll discuss that kind of in another podcast episode because like just speaking very transparently here, my A1C did go up fairly significantly. Um, so I'm going to talk about all about that in another podcast episode of just like my mindset around it, what steps I'm going to be taking moving forward. So if you do have any questions on that, definitely let me know. Um, just shoot me a message on Instagram. My Instagram is at needles and spoons underscore and just ask me any questions and I'll address them on that episode. But a piece of the conversation that's been coming up a lot just in multiple com- conversations is the the process of trial and error. Now, if you don't know already, I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was 19. And the common theme between my journey and a, a journey I feel like is pretty common is that we're kind of handed these insulin pens, we're handed our new glucose meter, and we're kind of t- taught like check your blood sugar every hour or so, you know, take insulin for your meals and we're just kind of thrown into the survival mode. We're not really taught how to thrive with it. We're just kind of taught blood sugar spikes are normal. They'll come down, monitor accordingly. And the thing about that is we're kind of expected to master bolusing for our meals. We're expected to just master the carb counting process. We're expected to master feeling our highs and lows and knowing what to do in every new situation from the very beginning. And if we're not held to that expectation from the beginning, we're just kind of taught you'll learn your body, you'll learn as you go, um, and we're kind of sent on our way and left to simply fly on our own. Now, what we kind of come to learn as we're we're going through the process is that diabetes is full of that trial and error. We are constantly trying new things and maybe things that haven't worked before we're trying again. But the thing is, we're never necessarily given that space to go through that troubleshooting process. Instead, we're taught 
don't let your blood sugar go too high because, you know, no long-term complications or all these other fear-based conversations. And don't let your blood sugar go too low. And if you did have a low, we're going to nitpick it at your next endocrinologist appointment. So we're kind of discouraged from going through that process or we're discouraged from the messing up piece. When we mess up, we're kind of reminded about it all the time because we're, we see in our blood sugars, in our death calm, We see our blood sugars every five minutes if we're on a continuous glucose monitor. So we are constantly reminded of those times where we quote unquote mess up. Or maybe we see it in our A1C. um, Or maybe we see it just in how we feel. Like we feel those highs and lows. So if we have a higher low blood sugar, we are feeling that energetically, physically, mentally. So it's really even hard to allow ourselves to go through that troubleshooting process because of the kind of side effects or impacts that come with it. But what I found is that, you know, in my own journey is that if we don't allow ourselves that time to troubleshoot, to get curious and figure those things out for ourselves, more often than not, more time passes. And sooner or later, we get to this point where we kind of look back and we feel maybe resentful of that time because more time has passed and we feel like we haven't figured it out yet. We're like, I feel like I'm too far into this game and I should have it figured out by now. I've had so many of those conversations with people either on on consultation calls or just through messages on Instagram. And because of that, we end up feeling burnt out. We're like, oh, all this time has passed and I still haven't had it figured out. Like, when will I figure it out? Or how do other people have it figured out? And it kind of makes us feel awful (laughs) in the end. So the process usually goes in two directions. One, we either find ourselves wanting to go through the troubleshooting process, but we don't know where to start. So we try it on our own and we experience the highs and lows and we get discouraged and stop. Or two, we stick with what we know and end up feeling discouraged and, again, restricted and possibly resentful. So we recently actually had a client go through KP100 who is working on breaking out of that restrictive mindset around food and diabetes. She had gone to a birthday party over the summer and she wanted to try out a cupcake because it had been multiple years since she had had a cupcake. And her blood sugars were okay. They, they ended up kind of working out. But the conversation came up in our call of that, hey, if you don't try the cupcake, you're never going to figure out how to bolus for the cupcake. And that's kind of what lit a spark both in her and the entire group, I think, in my opinion. And this has personally been my mindset over the past few years. I would rather eat a food 20 times and learn from it rather than avoid it altogether after the first time that it didn't work for my blood sugars. Because let's just say if I had stopped eating something after every time that it didn't work for my blood sugars, I'd probably have nothing left in my diet. So the question becomes, how do we go through the trial and error process without getting defeated? So one, where do we even start? (laughs) Two, what do we do with the information so that we actually have a plan for next time? And three, how do we not give up after the first time that it doesn't work out for our blood sugars? So let's kind of talk about that. Let's go into a few things that I found personally worked in my journey and that kind of work for the approach that we take inside of Keep You 100 as well. So first things first, when we're going through the process, like I mentioned before, we either get to this point where we don't know what to do, so we're just kind of shooting in the dark and 
we want to try new things, but maybe it doesn't work for our blood sugars and we don't know what to do from there. And enough time goes by where we're doing this and taking this approach where we just feel burnt out. So we end up sticking with what we know. So when it comes down to it, the very first piece of this is we have to be intentional, right? If we're not intentional with the strategy that we're using at the time and we're not intentional with the information that we're getting from it and then the action that we take from it moving forward, we're not going to have many places to go and we're going to kind of keep circling the drain in that trial and error and that feeling of defeat and frustration and overwhelm. So one thing that we are personally doing inside of Keep 100 is that we are actually keeping very close track of the variables. So what I've found, at least earlier in my journey, is that when I was trying new foods or I was like testing out my ratios or whatever it was, my endo just kind of told me, hey, write down your insulin, write down the carbs that you're eating and bring like your blood sugar log book to your next appointment. So I just had this big log book just full of random times, random dates, the, the time that I took my insulin, how much insulin I took, and then the carbs that I ate. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know that there were so many different pieces here that aren't being included on this piece of paper, but that's what my endo wanted me to bring. And somehow in that appointment, they would draw conclusions from it and they would make a change either in my carb ratio or my basal rate or whatever it was. Now, When we're going through the troubleshooting process, we know that we're looking at a lot of different variables depending on what we are troubleshooting. So for example, if we're eating a meal, there might be pre-bolus timing, there might be extended bolusing, there might be the macronutrient content, like the different meals that we're eating might have different compositions. Some might be high carb, high fat, some might be low carb, high protein, some might be just high carb, and that information really matters. If we are working with exercise, we know that there is different intensities of exercise. We have to include our heart rate. If you're confused on why I'm including heart rate, we do have other podcast episodes on that. But also there's a time of day, our insulin on board. There are so many different variables that aren't being included on these simple logbooks. So we really take our clients through being very intentional with the information that we are taking from these different trial and error phases. So we supply them with very broken down spreadsheets. Let's be honest, I'm a Virgo, I love my spreadsheets, but we basically have a Keep 100 master document where they have the space to write down what happened and what were the different variables in that scenario that could contribute to the result. Now, I'm really excited because we've actually taken all of these logs and all of these spreadsheets and put them into a journal form. So like I mentioned before, every journal that I have ever had or every logbook just simply asked, okay, what amount of insulin did you take? What were the carbs? Maybe what was the pre-bolus timing? However, we have taken all of these different aspects of our program like exercise and and insulin carb ratio testing and basal testing and um, the PFF method and your nutrition and all of these pieces. And we have put them into a set journal where we are taking you through the actual four phases that we take our clients through. So we are helping you break down your behaviors. We're breaking down your baselines, i.e. your basal rates, carb ratios, and correction factors, and telling you exactly what to focus on through each testing process. We are breaking down your nutrition, your exercise strategy, your 
your insulin sensitivity based on your hormones. Um, We have a fatty food log, literally no other journal or space that I have at least, uh, that I at least know of has space for all of these well-defined areas. So I'm really, really excited because that is actually going to be available for everybody, whether you are one of our members or not, for purchase on August 22nd. And we are keeping this very, very affordable for everybody. It's going to be available through Amazon, so it'll be available to ship with inside the U.S., outside the U.S., We really want to make sure that this is accessible. You should not be responsible for figuring out what pieces there are to identifying the trends. So we put all these different variables and spaces together for you. So all you have to do is write it down and you can easily navigate and you can easily identify the trends. And if you can't identify the trends or you are struggling to figure out how to move forward, you have that space to bring to your next endocrinologist appointment so you have a defined space with data because trust me when I say endocrinologists love data behind the trends so that they can make informed decisions, you have that space all in front of you. So that is definitely number one is being intentional, being able to track the variables, being able to use previous information and data rather than just anecdotal evidence, because trust me when I say we've all been there before. We have all been through the scenario of, oh, well, I just remember that meal making me high before, but we don't remember the timing of it. We don't remember exactly how high. We don't really remember what our bolus strategy was. So we need to have data and information in front of us and being able to know how to use it for next time. So like I mentioned, knowing what variables to change, what variables impact impacted that outcome and how can I optimize it for next time? So that Keep 100 journal is going to be able to support you in doing that because you can just change one variable at a time, manipulate one thing at a time until you get it to work for you. So I'm really, really excited about this. I know I went on a small tangent about it, but that is truly just because this has been so impactful in the journey of hundreds of people who have gone through KB100, and I know that's going to be really impactful in your hands as well. So be on the lookout for that on August 22nd. I am so, so excited. So number two, when we go into how do we go through the trial and error process without feeling defeated, is learn from others without using their strategy. So I know it's really easy to look online and say, oh, well, how did they bolus for pizza? Or how did they bolus for this? Or what exercise strategy are they using? And let me tell you, this is not going to serve you in your diabetes management. I'm very passionate about this. Yes, it's great to see what tools other people are using, but taking their strategy and using it and applying it for your body will not work for you. So utilizing other people's diets, utilizing other people's strategies are not accounting for your priorities, your preferences, your lifestyle, your behaviors, or anything in between. So while it is a great space to be able to learn from other people and see how they tackle certain things or maybe seeing uh, what tools or skill sets they need to be successful in it, please just keep in mind that taking other people's strategy or asking how they do X, Y, and Z is not the answer. And I just want to say like, if you are in the spot where you are searching for coaching programs, please be wary of that as well because coaching is not giving somebody else your strategy. Coaching is 
coaching and asking the right questions and helping people make their own decisions. So just putting that out there because that's a really, really important piece for me. And number three, get support. So like I mentioned, if you're looking for support, then keep that in mind. But there are also a lot of other means of support. So if you're going through the trial and error process, you know, talk to your partner, talk to your family or your friends and just get the encouragement from them. Let them know that this is an important piece for you to figure out. And, you know, it's a really hard thing on our mindset as well. You know, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of, um, it takes a a lot of braveness. Honestly, is braveness a word? (laughs) It takes a lot out of us to be able to get into this position where we are willing to quote unquote fail. We are willing to see if our blood sugars go high or low and see if the outcome is not exactly what we want because we are willing to make something work for us. So getting support, getting our cheerleaders behind us, sharing on Instagram, sharing with me if you want, you know, send me a message on on Instagram or whatever it is. Uh, Join our Facebook group, the T1D Judgment Free Zone um, on Facebook. We will cheer you on the entire way. But having that community and having those people in your corner while you're going through the process are going to be such a motivator and just such a, you know, just people that you can rely on during the process so we don't get discouraged and so we keep going. So I know that this was a conversation that I needed to hear personally, and I know if it's something that I needed to hear, there's a chance that there's some, it's something that you need to hear as well. So let me know in a review or on Instagram if this helped, and I'd love to hear what you are going to be troubleshooting next and how we can support you or what kind of support that you need. Every time you leave a review and leave your name, you get the chance to win a free pack of Skin Grip, which is the sponsor behind this podcast. Um, They're absolutely amazing. They're coming out with a new product on August 22nd, so please be on the lookout for that because seriously, game changer. I can't say too much more, but game changer. (laughs) All right, that is it for today, and we will see you on next week's episode.